Blue Wire. Blake Griffin has been traded to the Detroit Pistons. Blake Griffin turns, drives, lays it up, lays it in. Reggie Bullock scores. Got it. Turns, fires. Oof. Hey everybody, uh, welcome to Pistons vs. Everybody, the Detroit Pistons podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm your host, Lazarus Jackson, and uh, welcome to this emergency edition of the podcast. We got, a, we got something a little bit timely for you guys today because the Detroit Pistons announced that Blake Griffin will be out indefinitely following a successful arthroscopic debridement of his left knee. What does that mean? That means Blake has surgery and he's not going to play the rest of the year, essentially. That's what that means. Um, for Blake, this is tricky. This is something that needed to happen for both Blake and the team, right? For Blake, he needed this surgery in order to get closer to the player that he was in the 2018-2019 season, which is very clearly like not the player we saw in the 2019-2020 season, but also... It's not the player that he was in 2013, right? Like, we got to remember that, like, that guy is gone forever. But the player Blake was last season is a guy that I think we can definitely see again. Um, the guy Blake was last year was a guy who alternated between, like, bullying smaller guys on mismatches and sinking pull-up threes over guys his size. Um, neither of those things, like, really require a lot of... Uh, like vertical athleticism you saw like even this year Blake was still able to post up mismatches and and get to his spots and he just couldn't get the lift on his jumper and uh, he could he could still move guys in the post he just couldn't get the lift like in the paint around shot blockers um, his but his skill level combined with the lower level of athleticism that I think he's restricted to again, like that 2013 version of Blake just like, isn't there, but that's the skill level that he has was enough to make him special. And I think it's definitely possible that with this new surgery and, uh, you know, with adequate, with the additional recovery time Blake is going to get, he can still be a difference maker for your team. Now, obviously, you're going to lose some athleticism just as he ages. You're going to lose uh, some of that just because like it's another procedure. But as long as Blake can get enough lift on his shot to shoot 35% from three on the volume that he was shooting them last season, and as long as he can be somewhat credible as a driver in pick and roll situations they weren't even using him as the role man in pick and roll situations uh, anymore so as long as he can still drive on four or five pick and rolls like i i think you're in business i think that version of blake can still be a very good player now the other thing i want to point out is that um the 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 release said he was out indefinitely we are generously going to assume that we will not see Blake until the start of the next season until like training camp of next year partially because this team without him like does not have much to to play for but partially also to give him the additional time that he didn't have like this time last year um the way Shamik Mohile explained this to me at Detroit Bad Boys was that really like the only way to uh 
fully resolve the knee issues Blake was having from like the previous arthroscopic surgery is to like uh, have another one because the it's it's wear and tear right it's it's slow buildup of like bodies and whatnot so the arthroscopic surgery is to clean out those bodies and then you let the knee heal so you can like return to basketball activities um, with the with the timeline that Blake was on last surgery like he had the surgery in late April I think it was April like 28th or 29th so like functionally May rehab time is four to six weeks so he was uh, rehabbing until June give or take the rehab then you immediately go into off-season workouts in July and August um, and he, he infamously like had the he infamously took like the boat party but like that was like a week right and then training camp is in September. Clearly, at the, like at the time, we thought that was enough time for Blake to f- recover fully. And clearly, that was not the case, right? So now, with this surgery happening today, or being announced today, um, Blake's got eight full months until training camp next season. Uh, I assume the rehab time is the same. It's that same four to six weeks. But at the same time, like four to six weeks takes us into March, right? And then the season is still going on. Hopefully he's not playing because there's nothing for him to play for for the rest of this season. And so he gets a full summer, like the, the whole summer, all the way like April, uh, all the way through like the back half of April when the season ends, uh, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, like all the way to just uh to keep to keep not to necessarily to keep off the knee but to to heal delay the buildup of the debridements that needed to be cleared out right and so i'm hopeful that we return to at this at you know for the 2020-2021 season we see a Blake Griffin who more closely resembles the Blake Griffin we got in 2018-2019. One more point that someone who is not me brought up on the DBB boards that I want to shout out is that if, like, obviously the Pistons were much more careful with Blake Griffin and trying to get him in shape to play this season, and even when he did play, he wasn't that good, but they were much better about resting him on backs-to-backs. Uh, much better about like not playing in three games and four nights and everything like that. That is absolutely going to have to continue, and you're probably going to have to increase that, right? Um, if before the season we were talking about Blake playing like maybe like 65 games, and if if fully healthy and if he stayed fully healthy the entire season, he play we play like 65 games. Like maybe now you're looking at closer to like 55 games, right? You need to be if you are not aggressively managing Blake and his uh and his knees like it the because of the because of the surgery because of the wear and tear like if you're not aggressively managing that the this will return right we we have evidence now that that this will return no matter what and so you know combine all those things the the uh the lack of this not being a major surgery, this not being like he tore his ACL or something like that. Um, the lack, the, the point that Blake like does not need to return to like a supreme 
tier level of athleticism to be an effective NBA player. And the fact that like he has a much longer recovery runway than he had last year. And I think it is fair to say that um, the Pistons should get back a relatively fully healthy Blake Griffin in like, you know, October of this year. So that's, that's Blake Griffin. That's what, that's what the Pist- that's what Blake Griffin gets out of this deal. He gets to be fully healthy in October for the Pistons oof, for the Pistons. This clarifies what the purpose of this season is now before the season. The purpose of this season was to build upon the success they had last year um, with the additions of like Derek Rose and, and Markeith Morris, the progression of, uh, of Luke Kennard, hopefully um, to, to get to a higher, like non eight seed playoff spot and compete from there and see where things will go. Like now that has changed. That is gone. Um, now the reason for the season is the kids. Sekou Dumbuya has already joined the starting lineup and he's played well while he's been in the starting lineup. He is not going anywhere. You cannot put that genie back in the bottle. Like he, he needs to, I don't know if he needs to start. I mean, it's probably he needs to start, but he needs to be playing like, you know, 30 minutes a night. There's no reason for him not to be at this point. Uh, Bruce Brown has, he's already started some at point guard and I think looked fairly effective in, in that role. Um, you can see him kind of uh, experimenting and trying to break in the studio space as a point guard. He pulled out a, a Derrick Rose-esque reverse layup against, uh, I think it was against the Clippers on this West Coast trip. You want to see him try to do more stuff like that. You want to see him uh, become a better ball handler and uh, and so he can he can gather himself and get better shots at the rim because finishing at the getting to the rim is one of his strong suits and finishing at the rim remains something has he's a little bit iffy on but getting those reps in live game situations is something that's going to be really important for him um he's already a pretty good passer we saw that in summer league and that has continued you worry about um, him turning the ball over but the other thing for him is the the floater the mid-range not not the mid-range game but like a floater teams play off of bruce because uh, they don't think of him as a pull-up shooting threat. And so they'll give him a runway. Like the, if they're playing a, a team that plays drop coverage, like the big will like sit underneath the rim and like give him a runway. It's up to him to start uh, like taking the, the, the other Pistons point guard, taking that floater element from Reggie Jackson and incorporating that into his game. That is a shot that I think will be really important for Bruce because he's such an explosive player that uh, if he can start consistently displaying the touch needed to make that floater, that's going to cause um, the big to take like one step forward to take that floater away. And then that's going to unlock his passing, which is like the other special thing we've seen from Bruce. So like, yeah, this is like technical stuff that we need to see more from Bruce. And now he's going to get those opportunities. And like, this is like now the the purpose of the season is to give him those opportunities. You know, a guy like Sfima Kyluk. Sima Kyluk is shooting 45% on catch and shoot threes. Like, I don't know if he can improve any <laughs> in that department. That's a really good number. Um, but that's something you want to see him continue. You want to see if he can, you want to see if Svi can be, continue to not be like a minus defender in the way that he's 
shown uh, that he he can be at times. I remember you think of in particular like the the Indiana Pacers game where T.J. McConnell was much too quick for him and gave him a lot of trouble. Um, but you know, continuing to see the the type of role player Svi is going to evolve into and like how valuable like that can be. Like Svi's gonna be Svi as long as he shoots and he shoots really well. Like that that dude's gonna be a valuable role player for you moving forward. Um you you look at like what, what Christian Wood can offer you. I know Christian Wood uh Christian Wood has two things going for him is that he is he plays the right position, right? With no Blake and uh and you know, few other big men on the roster, he's gonna get a lot of minutes. And you know, he will be an unrestricted free agent after this season. Like he is trying to play himself into the type of long-term money it seemed like he would not get uh, at the beginning of the year. Like, there's no you 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 could talk me into giving Christian Wood like the Langston Galloway contract, like three years, uh, twenty one million, like easily at this point. I think. That's not a bad price for what Christian was at Wood is at this point, but he's a really exciting player. He needs to get more consistent, right? Like he needs to get those reps of being in the right place on defense and um, like communicating well. There are still times where you hear like Andre Drummond directing him on where to be on defense. That needs he needs to improve defensively and and like Dwayne Casey has said, he needs to be more consistent. You look at a guy like like Luke Kennard. Um, for Luke, Luke is hurt right now, so that's you want to get him healthy first. You don't want to again because we're not playing for anything. There's no reason to like push Luke to to you know fight for the playoff space anymore. Like that's that's not the point. But for Luke, it's really important to see him uh, how he can improve on defense. His rookie year, he was a much more effective team defender than I thought uh, any anyone else thought he would be coming out of school. He's regressed in that department, but. The hope is that regression is somewhat tied to his injuries. Um, he's out right now with bilateral knee weakness or knee uh, tendinopathy. Like that, that sounds really bad, but like it just means like both of his knees are uh, kind of worn down and he needs to rest. Um, you hope that with with the rest, he'll be a more effective defender. He'll be able to stay with guys a little bit better, and you hope that he'll be able to get all the way to the rim and, and draw the defense and, uh, and finish. Um, that is the, that is really the only thing that's really missing from Luke Kennard's game is the ability to like consistently get to the rim, break down the defense and finish at the rim. And so if he's able to do that, that answers a lot of questions about like what Luke Kennard's role ultimately is in the NBA. You guys know, if you listen to this podcast, if you listen to my other podcasts, if you follow me on Twitter, like you should at last chance at L A Z C H A N C E on Twitter, you know that I think Luke's ultimate destiny is to be like one of the, one of those guys who just comes in off the bench as a sixth man and just like aims the flamethrower at, at the other team and just pours in points. Like I think that's his ultimate NBA destiny simply because he can come off the bench and shoot and he's and because he struggles defensively. Right. But if he's able to attack the rim in the half court and finish and he's able to defend his position, like all of a sudden, like now you're talking about a starting level NBA player. But yeah, like the Pistons have a good number of kids to get a good look at. I haven't even gotten to Jordan Bone, who um, I think is I think 
we we do indeed like need to see what Jordan Bone has got, and I hope we see that sooner rather than later. But uh, the it is it is uncommon for a team to turn the the franchise the keys to the franchise as the point guard over to the guy they selected 57th overall like you don't see that every day the closest approximation i can think of that's been effective for a team is like the hornets picking Devonte graham um and and giving him kind of and giving him the reign that he has and like that's been really effective for them but like you also got to remember Devonte graham was like a high second round pick he was like i think like he was a top 35 pick jordan bone is a top 57 pick <laughs> like those there's a big gap between those two things and so like while i think bone could absolutely be successful his success would be an anomaly and i don't think it is wise to uh lean on anomalies like as a development process but like absolutely see what he's got the other thing for bone though is that like a lot of the a lot of the players available in this year's draft are point guards and so if you draft a point guard at, let's say, six through eight, which is where it looks like the business could end up if they keep losing games, if you draft a point guard at six through eight, like that guy is probably going to give be given an opportunity to play in the NBA before Jordan Bone, just by dint of being this number seven overall pick. Like that's that's what happens. And so, like I, while I do want to. I do want to factor like Jordan Bone into the team's plans, like somewhat. I don't think you, I don't think you can be like we're gonna lean on Jordan Bone for this season and beyond. Like I don't think that's gonna happen. We should be we should be honest with each other. The other thing that concerns me right now is the the timeline, the timeline for the rebuild for the purpose of this season is a little concerning. Is this just a single year rebuild or is this like a two or year, two or three year? rebuild um the beat guys vince ellis at the free press rod beard at the detroit news they were they were intimating that this would be like a shorter turnaround rather than a long one that the team was going to try and you know do everything they can to develop the young guys this year get blake back fully healthy uh, at the start of next season and then try and compete for a playoff spot with blake and the kids and uh, the rumored Fred Van Fleet acquisition, right? Like, I can see why that would have appeal to an owner like Tom Gores, right? Who has said he's he wants to win, who said he's willing to reevaluate uh, this season, but like we didn't really talk beyond that. I can see why that holds an appeal because you made the last the playoff you made the playoffs the last time Blake was fully healthy. So you get you figure you get Blake fully healthy, you can be a playoff team. The other thing that makes it appealing is that the seven and eight seeds in the East are both currently under 500, right? The the Brooklyn Nets, I've been playing without Kyrie Irving for a big chunk of the season, and presumably uh, they would get Kevin Durant back next year and be uh, better than sub-500 team. Um, and the Orlando Magic, like, oof, I don't... I don't I don't know how the Orlando Ma- the Orlando Magic get better when they get healthier, because right now they're missing John Isaac and Al Farouk Aminu, but... Even when they had all those guys, they still had issues that pointed to them not necessarily being like the strongest playoff contender. And so you figure you, you, you figure you would you get you get Blake back fully healthy and you, you try and make the playoffs next year uh, with the kids because, you know, Andre Drummond isn't going to be here. 
we're going to talk about that tomorrow. I got a guest lined up for you guys. Like, don't worry about that. That's not what this podcast is for. Um, but you figure with the expiring contracts of Reggie Jackson and Langston Galloway, you can go chase a Fred Van Fleet in free agency and turn the team around quickly. Um, and I, I, I don't think that's the, the best plan, though. I think that's not the plan people were envisioning when they were thinking about a rebuild. Um, Fred Van Fleet's a really good player, but I don't know if he gets you to good enough for long enough to be worth the contract the Pistons are going to need to give him in order to get him away from Toronto. Like that, that's a complex like statement, but essentially um, Fred Van Fleet is a really valuable player. The Pistons are going to have to overpay him to get him out of a better situation in Toronto. And I don't know if overpaying Fred Van Fleet gets you to being like a consistent playoff contender with the chance of making uh, a winning around in the playoffs and potentially advancing like past that. Like, I like Fred Van Fleet a lot, but I don't know if he's that guy. And so if that's not, if like, I think that's not where you end up by adding Fred Van Fleet, maybe you, you keep the powder dry, right? You try and rent out your cap space, absorb some bad contracts of which there are fewer around the league because a lot of the bad contracts team signed in 2016 have either expired or will expire this off season. Um, you figure that you, you play the same role just without the Fred Van Fleet contract, without that big money guy, right? You surround Blake Griffin with all the young talent you've quietly stockpiled and hope that Blake is at a high enough level to make, to, to chase the a playoff spot. But the key there is right. Like, you're, you're still chasing the playoff spot. I know fans are mad about that. You're still chasing the playoff spot. You're not going for the high draft pick. But the key there is if Blake's not good enough, like you're, you're still playing a bunch of young guys and you're still developing them and you're still getting them reps and you're not necessarily like weighed down by a bunch of expensive veterans who you know uh, are are uh, not or who you know are like middling players. Uh, you're not necessarily tied down by like the Langston Galloways again, like good players, just like not like players that get you where you want to go. You're not tied down by the Langston Galloways and Reggie Jackson's and, and John Lures of the world. Right. So that's where, that's where the season now becomes good for, for the Pistons. They have the opportunity to turn this around really quickly. And they also have the opportunity to turn this around for a longer period, but a more, it's uh, that would result, I think in a more like sustainable team. Um, we it remains to be seen which of those paths they take, but I hope they take the the longer path and in the meantime just like kind of let Blake be get Blake fully healthy and let him be an effective like leader of men and and NBA player and see you know perhaps what kind of trade return you could get for him once he's fully healthy, or just let him or just let him be like the shining star player that teams get an example from. Like I can't think. There are there are few players in the NBA that I can think of that would be like a better example for Sekou Dumboya than Blake Griffin, right? Like as a as a leader, as a as a guy who's vocal in the locker room, as a guy who is accountable about his mistakes, um, as a guy who uh, is a, a, a coach out there on the floor. Um, I can think of few guys who I'd rather have in the locker room teaching Sekou how to be a professional basketball player than Blake Griffin.
all right so that's the emergency podcast the blake griffin news is um, bad for it's bad for the pistons uh still trying to to make the playoffs but i think that dream has now died so now we are in the process of reevaluating the season like everybody else and in that scope uh the blake injury is clarifying not good but but clarifying as always, if you if you enjoy the podcast, uh, subscribe, rate, review, uh, give me a follow on Twitter. Let me know you like the podcast. Um, if you have any suggestions or feedback, like you can you can do that on Twitter as well. I also have an email address tied to the podcast. It's Pistons versus Everybody at gmail.com. That's Pistons vs Everybody, all one word at gmail.com. Um, again. This is the emergency edition. We'll have a real podcast, a real, we'll have a scheduled podcast for you uh, tomorrow with a guest. And that podcast will be more centered on the Andre Drummond trade rumors that came out uh, earlier last week. All right. Uh, this has been Pistons versus Everybody. And we will talk to you guys later. <laughs>